Hello, and welcome to the Fire Up Podcast. I'm your host, Deborah Trapin. Today's show features another magnificent moxie chat. The mission of this series is to shine a light on the stories of divine, brilliant leaders who are taking risks, pushing through challenges, and living their best life out loud, on purpose, and on their own terms. If you are ready to learn and laugh together, you are in the right place at the right time. As an empowerment consultant myself, as well as an author and international speaker, my daily intention is to speak truth wrapped in grace with divine sides of sass, moxie, and fire. This show is a place for me to share encouraging, empowering stories to ignite your self-talk and sprinkle wisdom to help you define and refine your best self. Are you ready to lean in and learn from a courageous, gracious, tenacious, and absolutely vivacious lioness? Grab your favorite beverage and let's do this. Hello, everyone. Happy Fierce Female Friday. Happy Fire Up Friday. Happy Friday in general. My goodness. Friday is named after the goddess Freya, and we have so much love to talk about today. Uh, It's a Moxie Chat Day, and I have an amazing guest for you all to meet. Some of you might know Marguerite Crispillo. For those of you who don't, you are in for a huge treat. So as I read her bio, we'd love for you to share in the comments where you're watching from. Do you know Marguerite? Have you met before? Where'd you meet her? Uh, Let's let's get some conversations going underneath there because we've got something fun to share with you today. Okay, so a little bit about Marguerite. She is known as one of the top real estate agents in America, ranked number 66 by the Wall Street Journal. Marguerite is a sought-after motivational speaker, professional trainer, relationship coach, mentor to hundreds, the mother of six, and married for over 30 years. Perfect for the month of love, I'd say. In short, she's a powerhouse, but she nearly wasn't. Mm. 100 Things I Love About You is Marguerite's personal story of overcoming tragedy through perseverance, personal growth, and the willingness to change yourself. Marguerite's unique account of what it means to almost lose everything, but to instead choose the survival of her most important relationship, her marriage. We're going to be talking about Marguerite's new book, but let's let's hear a little bit from you, Marguerite. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining Thank us. Thank you. I am so excited to be here. You know, I just adore you to pieces and uh, have have connected with you for many years. And I was so excited that we were able to put this time together to yeah. get to see you. First of all, like I was telling you earlier, I'd love to see you in person and give you a big squeeze. But um, for now, we have to uh, adjust to the new world. Yes. So I'm thrilled to be here on your show today. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. For those of you who are watching or listening on the podcast, Marguerite is sitting in a cloud of hearts. <laughs> so make sure that you pop over to the blog post so that you can see it, um, which is super appropriate because today we are talking about her brand new book, a book that we have spoken about kind of in whispers over tables over the years that this has been on your heart for a long time to write. And she's finally in the world. I mean, for those of you who can see, it's the cutest, sweetest book. And it is the, has the most delicious 
words and images in it. Oh my goodness. Everyone, we will of course share with you how to get the book, but let's talk about what inspired you to write this just divine book. Well, thank you. It, it's definitely a passion project. It's been on my list for 10 years uh, or more to, to write this book. And you know, it started because every relationship goes through its challenges, right? And my husband and I have been together, married almost 31, together 36 years and raising kids. And, you know, three of those kids are bonus kids. Um, Joe came into the marriage with three kids already. And so, you know, raising bonus kids, raising your own, working mm. full time, we both worked a lot. Every relationship goes through challenges. So, it was one of those days, which I think just about everyone's had where I woke up one day and I said, today's the day. Today, <laughs> we're either going to an attorney or a counselor. I don't know which one, but you decide, right? Mm-hmm. And luckily, I have a wonderful husband and he's a smart one. So he decided to call a therapist, call the counselor. And if anyone's been to couples therapy, usually the process is you go to the first meeting and they're like, why are you here? My husband said, because she made me. I said, wrong answer. (laughs) (laughs) And then you go back to the second appointment and they talk about your family background. And Joe and I come from very different backgrounds. He's first generation American. His parents were born in Spain. So he comes from kind of an old world Latin family where you just don't get divorced. You know, you stay married, you figure it out. Yeah. And then I come from a very different background, very dysfunctional. My mom was married four times, rest her soul. And uh, that's just the one she married. So I had lots of different, you know, men in and out of our life. And, you know, for no real good positive role models, right, for the most part. Mm -hmm. So the third appointment, you go back and you go back separately because now they want to talk to you individually and see what, you know, what's the real deal. So I sat down with the counselor and he goes, okay, so my first question is to you, are you done done or are you still willing to put in an effort? Because if you're done done, we're all wasting time, right? Like if you're not, if you have no desire in making this work, then let's not waste time. And I said, well, he's at least here. I'm at least willing to give it a shot and see what we can do to figure out how to make this work. So the therapist says, listen, why don't you go and make a list of the things that you love about him? I said, oh, I've done the pros and the cons and the cons outweigh the pros, right? I've done the list. (laughs) I've done the list, right? And he goes, no, 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 let's not, let's set aside the cons. Those are easy. Why don't you make a list of the things that you love about him? I go, look, I don't know if I can do any right now. Like I was really to that place where I was like, this is not working, right? Yeah, yeah. So he said, well, can you give me a number that you might do? And he goes, you strike me as a little competitive. I go, well, again, I don't know if I can do any, but tell you what, I'll shoot for a hundred. He goes, well, that's a big number. And I said, well, I'll see what I can do. So I went home and truth be told for the first few days, I couldn't think of anything. I was Mm -hmm. angry. You know, I was mad, really despondent thinking this is just not going to work. You know, I'm wasting everyone's time. And we still had young kids at home. Our boys uh, at that time were eight and nine, seven and eight, somewhere around there. And so after about three or four days, I woke up one morning and there was tea next to my bed. And my husband every morning has made me tea. Now he does smoothies, but he did tea. And so there was tea next to my bed. And I was like, okay, well, I do love that. Right. And (laughs) then, you know, he was downstairs helping out with the kids. I'm like, he's a good dad. Okay. I love that. 
my husband is funny. He's now a stand-up comedian. So I was like, okay, well, he's funny. He makes me laugh. And I just slowly started to notice the things about him that I loved. Well, truth is I only made it to 45 and he didn't do anything with that list, but I gave him that list for our anniversary that year. And it really turned our relationship around. And, and honestly, my husband didn't do a thing. He didn't make a list. He didn't change anything. He didn't do anything. The only thing that happened is my perspective changed. Yeah. Meaning my focus was more on all the things that I originally fell in love with about him. You yeah. Know, the stuff that I thought was cool. So my husband says the best. He laughs. He says, look, when you're first dating, everything I said was funny. Right. And now that we've been together for a while, you're like, everything's a damn joke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's a lot of what happens in relationships, right? All the stuff <laughs> that we love about them in the beginning ends up being the stuff that drives us crazy. Yeah. And so I just had to reshift my focus and turn it back around to the things that I really did love about him. And, you know, I have to say, obviously we're still together. It's 36 years. I'm incredibly blessed. We've been through some, some really rough patches. You know, we lost a child when he was 10 years old who, who died of adrenal leukodystrophy. Uh, my husband was diagnosed with Parkinson's in 2011 and 2020 I ended up with breast cancer. And, you know, when I, when I got breast cancer, I literally sat down and said, okay, I can't mess around anymore. Like, what do I, what do I really want to get accomplished in life? And this book was number one. I'm like, I need to get that book done. Right. And I said, I want to at least have, you know, I've been in real estate a long time. So I think I always thought kind of my legacy was, you know, helping people buy homes. And while that's so important and valuable, and I still love real estate, don't get me wrong. This book to me has really become, I feel like my legacy and how it really got inspired was I started telling the story of our counseling sessions to friends who were struggling in their relationship. And a few of my very good friends, I mean, it definitely contributed to saving their marriage and helping them repair their relationship. Yeah. And they're like, you got to write a book. You got to write a book. You got to tell this story. And I just feel like the world needs it now more than ever. You know, the mm-hmm. last couple of years have been rough for a lot of people. You know, we've been home way more than we wanted to be, right? And we've been locked up in our houses, you know, with our significant others that has maybe exposed some things that we weren't wanting to deal with, right? <laughs> well, I, I think that honestly, Marguerite, there's a lot of people who didn't actually know who their spouse was anymore. For sure. And that has been a real big journey, at least in my circle of friends where they, you know, for the last 10 years, they've been focused on raising their babies together and they lost touch of who each other was. And, you know, I mean, even simple things like, well, I don't like my eggs like that. What do you mean? You don't like your eggs like that? Like, I, you know, they're having conversations even about the eggs and that's huge. Yeah, it's so true. And, you know, I think that that's so common, even despite what has happened the last couple of years, you know, like when you get married and, you know, life gets busy and you start raising kids and next thing you know, the kids are priority. Like I remember telling my husband at one point during one of our challenging times, I'm like, at least you can, you know, bathe yourself and feed yourself and dress yourself. Right. Like you go do your own stuff. Let me, you know, at least take care of the kids. And so he became a a low priority, which is not really 
how it should be. Mm. But, you know, as a mom or even as a dad, if you're the one, you know, doing all of the stuff to raise the kids and the other one is busy doing whatever they're doing, all of a sudden you look at them one day and you're like, you're just one more thing for me to do, you know? And if you can somehow find that space again to be together again and remember why you fell in love, it can help you get through that rough patch because honestly, I see most relationships fall apart when people are in their thirties, right? If they got married young, then now the kids are at least maybe 10, 12 years old. Kids are like even empty nesters. It's hard when the kids move out and you turn around, you look at them one day, you're like, who are you again? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I think it's getting better for the generations coming up now, Uh, even like the younger millennials, how just how they're they're choosing to parent is very different than the boomers for sure. And, and even for some of the Xers, I think, you know, there's a lot of connection between, you know, really wanting to live to their purpose. Right. And, and one of the things that I found inside my practice with the word purpose, and in particular for women who are over say 55 is that they were taught that their children were their purpose. And as opposed to their children were a blessing and a responsibility for those first 18 years, you know, keep them alive, keep them (laughs) fed, you know, love them, you know, teach them, nurture them, but that it was, it was a responsibility. It's not a purpose and that their purpose can be infused into that. You know, their purpose might be, it might be the person who entertains, makes people laugh like your husband, right? So, so a person who has that desire to make other people laugh, to entertain others, that is their calling. That's great with kids, right? They can do crazy things and build forts and and be the best, Uh, you know, for others, it might be, you know, they love creativity. So they love doing art with their kids, but, but they get mixed up in there. And then when empty nest hits, not only do they look at their partner and go, who the heck are you? But they're like, who the heck am I without my kids? Like my purpose is gone. Yeah. I did go through that. You know, when my I remember when my youngest son moved out and I was just a hot mess for a while. It took me about a year to pull myself out of it, you know? And it's funny because I don't think that you appreciate a lot of things in life until you experience them yourself. Mm. Like I remember I was one of those kids who, man, 17 and a half, I couldn't wait to get out of the house. I'm like, I'm out of here. Right. Like I remember I graduated from (laughs) high school on Friday, Saturday morning, I had my stuff packed up and I couldn't wait to get out. Right. And I'll never forget having all my stuff in the car and leaving. And I'm like, bye mom, you know, like I'm out of here. And, and I remember seeing her standing on the porch and I know that in hindsight, she was doing everything she could to keep it together. Yeah. And I never appreciated that until the day my son, John had his stuff packed and it was different with him. He was, you know, I mean, he was, he's very loving and genuine and, and, you know, just a great kid. And he was so excited. He was going out into life on an adventure, right? He was moving to right. Tahoe to work in a ski resort. It didn't feel like he was running away from you. Like no, it maybe it felt to your mom. <laughs> it didn't. And, and, but I still remember that feeling when I saw his car driving down the driveway and knew that he was on his own mm-hmm. and being just so heartbroken, like thinking, I felt really proud that I had accomplished, you know, at least he was moving out right? um, yeah. and, and he was doing this thing. But I remember just thinking, well, what am I going to do now? Like now what? Yeah. Yeah. Now what's life going to look like? What am I going to do? 
Yeah. Well, and especially, you know, so many of my girlfriends who, who have young kids or, or children at home in general. So it could be teenagers, which is a whole beast of its own, right? It's it, there still is that feeling of, you know, the days are, are long, but the years are short. And, and I feel like it's like when the kids hit the double digits is when my girlfriends start freaking out. They're like, he smells like a man, like, like what is happening? Right. It's like, you know, um, my daughter has hair on her legs. What is happening? Right. Like there's this, these little reminders and it starts just going so fast after that age. Right. Where, um, I, I think that what I love about this book is that first of all, it's not like, you know, the Bible, it is, you, you can hold it in your hand. You can literally palm it. It can go along with you in your handbag and your suitcase. It's, it's something that, that you can, whenever you're feeling that, that stress, whether it is with your children or with your spouse, like the concept of this, we bringing you back in your words, you're talking about things I love about you. And it also, you could replace love with grateful for right? Like where, what are you grateful for with the people in your world? It's such a great reminder just to come from that place, right? Because what we focus on flourishes. For sure. And so I, I'm curious. So, so Joe has been on the ride of a lifetime with you. I love all of the, you know, the, the bits of the, your story that you do share, but how, how has, does he feel now? He's been talking about the book for 10 years, but now it's actually out there. Like, what's he saying? Is he happy? Is he freaked out? Is he like, oh my God, our story's out there. Is he joking about it on stage? What's happening? Well, as I mentioned, my husband now does, you know, stand-up comedy and he, he got to retire five years ago. So he does that now. And I'll tell you, I'll just describe it this way to Joe. So I've personally been mailing out all the books right now, you know, because they're not, I mean, it's on Amazon, but they don't have my books yet. So I'm the one who's sending them out, which I love to do because I love to sign each one and send them out. Like it gives me such a great yes. heart. Yes. But so every day there'll be a stack of books in the envelopes sitting on my table here. And my husband loves to come in and get the books and take them to the post office. I go, no, no, I'll do that. He goes, oh no. I'm doing that. Right. And what he does, he goes to the post office and he says, I'm the you in the book. (laughs) So he loves to go there and say, I'm the you. And I have to tell you, so my husband right now is in Cancun getting some, some treatment, thankfully uh, for Parkinson's. And I had to go take the books to the post office today. So I get to the post office and the guy's there and I go, yeah, I am sending my books out. He goes, are you Marguerite? And I go, yeah. And he goes, yeah, your husband comes in every day and says, he's the you. (laughs) I love it so he's having a blast with it and he I mean he is the he's one of those people and the type of man that never has a bad thing to say about anyone anyway Mm. that's just who he is as a man and you know he he's always been so dynamic and fills the room and is always so kind and, and gracious kinder than me many you know many times um and he loves it. I mean, he loves the attention of it. Let me put it that way. Yes. That's a kind of what I was thinking too, is that, I, I mean, he, in, in the 10, what, 10, 15 years, maybe, I don't, I mean, when did we meet? It's hard. Wow. It's been at least a decade, right? Yeah, I, mean, I think so. Because um, when you were for, when, how long have you been doing what you're doing? Because 10 years this year. Yeah, so it was around the time you got started. Because I remember yeah. on my podcast. 
Yeah. Yeah, uh, totally. But I mean, every post that you share with the two of you, there is so much hope in each one of the posts. Like it's, it's real life. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you've shared the ups and downs. You have a very authentic voice on social media. Uh, So it's not all rainbows and unicorns and yet it is still filled with hope even during your cancer right? Like that whole, that whole time, it wasn't like I'm giving up. It was like, there's something in here. Oh, there's time to do this or whatever the two of you seem to face feels like you're on the other side going, we've got this, like we've got the tools and, and this notebook back to love is what it says on the back, which I love notebook back to love um, really feels like hope for people hope for, for relationships. So let's, I, and I love the word hope. How many times have I said it? Like at least 10, yeah. right? So what is your hope that people will get from this book, from reading it and, and not only reading it, Marguerite, cause this is actually action is required in this book, like pen to paper, pen to paper. So what do you, what are you hoping that people are going to get from this? You know, I want to say that I hope more than anything that people will read it and pause, Mm. meaning that they'll take a moment to really think and soak it in and, and, and make a conscious decision. Because I think that what happens in many relationships is people get to that point where they make a 100% emotional, irrational choice. Right. Mm. And I can tell you that one of the main reasons that I believe that Joe and I are together is because first of all, he wasn't willing to go. He wasn't willing to leave. He's like, I'm not going, we're not getting divorced. Not going to (laughs) happen. And you know, I I have a funny story about that. So our boys, Jake and John, they were about, I don't know, seven or eight years old, I guess. And Jake had Jake loves animals and he got a Guinea pig, right? He had a Guinea pig or hamster. I think it was. And the hamster had uh, escaped one day, right? And so it was lost. It'd been gone for several days. And we thought, oh, the cat got it or, you know, yeah, sadly, the hamster is gone. So then Joe and I get in this argument one night. Who knows what we're fighting about? Because truth be told, years later, you can't remember what your arguments are about. <laughs> we get in this huge fight. And I'm like, you don't need to go, right? Like, I'm like to the point where I've like lost my mind. I'm like, get out pack your stuff, go. Right. And so I'm angry. I get the boys, I go in the bedroom, I lock the door and I can hear Joe out there kind of shuffling, trying to figure out what he's going to do. I can hear him maybe like packing some stuff or whatever. And then all of a sudden I hear him at the door, Jake, he's knocking at the door, Jake, Jake. He goes, I found your hamster. And I'm like, Oh, and all of a sudden my son, Jake goes, see mom, dad's not a bad guy. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> my heart just sunk. Oh. Like, all of a sudden I was able to pause mm. and take the emotion out of it for a moment and think, okay, oh. am I being rational? Am I being irrational? Like, what am I doing? I was able to take a step back and really look at the situation with a rational head yes. and realize, okay, let's look at this again. Right. And so Joe and I made two rules in our relationship. And one of those is we don't talk about divorce. It's just not an option because if it's an option, it will be the option. Mm. 
right? Now, am I going to say we've never gotten to that point? No, we've talked about it. We've had some fights about it, right? But we really made a goal that that was not going to be an option. We were going to figure it out. Somehow we were going to figure it out. And the second rule is we don't cuss at each other or say bad names to each other. Mm. Because I just think that we, in a relationship, we become so disrespectful to each other, right? Like the person that we're supposed to love the most, we say the meanest stuff to them. The meanest stuff, right? So disrespectful. And so like, I would never talk to you the way that I might talk to my husband, right? Yeah. And so why do we do that? I mean, again, I'm not saying that we are perfect at this, but these are the rules that we've tried to make. And my friend Ashley said her parents said it best is that they never gave up at the same time. Yeah. Never gave up at the same time. There was times when he was willing to walk and she wasn't. She was willing to walk and he wasn't. Yeah. You know, I just think we get so caught up in life and life gets so busy that we forget our most important relationship. Yeah. We forget about it and it's not a priority. Hi there. Yep, you're listening to the Fire Up Podcast. We'll be right back to the show after this quick break. Are you ready to fire up your mindset and experience your best days and years yet? Sign up today and receive 52 moxie-filled affirmations to fire you up. Each Monday, one will magically appear in your inbox to try on for the week. Head on over to debratrapin.com slash moxieaffirmations and join the thousands of divine humans on the journey to confidently live their best lives out loud, on purpose, and on their own terms. Again, it's debratrapin.com slash moxieaffirmations. And now back to the show. Yeah, you know, I was actually on a walk with a girlfriend earlier today and we were talking about, of all things, the Hallmark Channel. (laughs) (laughs) Um, because it was something that, that both of our moms have in common. They both love watching like Hallmark movies. Right. And, um, you know, traditionally not, not the newer Hallmark movies that have come out that have a bit more diversity and some of them have different storylines, but traditionally over the last say 15 years, Hallmark stories pretty much are the same thing. Right. It's like the same story. And it's a bunch of, um, you know, upper middle-class white people, (laughs) (laughs) who have these perfect lives. And even if there's like some distraughtness, like it all ends up at the end and they're all together at Christmas and all perfectly coiffed with perfectly matching outfits and life is perfect. (laughs) And it's so unrealistic. Right. right? And it, it, it creates angst in families because moms feel like, why doesn't my family like that? Why don't my kids get along like that? Why don't they want to dress the same? Why aren't they showing up? Like, and I think it's the same in marriages. You know, we don't see we rarely often see real marriage on TV. And, and most of us, we have our parents. If, if we're blessed to have had a healthy relationship between our parents, right? Or what we see in, in TV and movies. And it's not realistic. It really well, isn't. Social media is even worse, right? Because people only post, you know, all the good stuff, right? Yeah. Um, and so I think that social media has contributed a lot to that. Right. And, you know, we all know comparison kills joy. I mean, it, it just does. And it's hard to not see these people who have what is perceived as this perfect life on Facebook or Instagram or, you know, whatever. And I don't know that people have as many, maybe as many resources of people to talk to that have been in relationship for a long time as well. Right. Mm. Like 
They're like, oh, just go to a therapist. And then, you know, you go to maybe a marriage and family therapist and maybe they, that doesn't work. And that's pretty hard these days, right? I mean, every, every therapist I know, like a friend of mine, that they're, they're booked. They're booked solid. For sure. So many people. And, you know, I, I just, I, I want to speak to that really quickly because, because how we share our relationships on social media, you're right. Like there is an element of we share the highlight reel. However, I would be willing to say that at this point, I mean, we're well over the decade of having Facebook, having access to Facebook. I feel like there's a, a pretty strong foundation where people understand filters, highlight reels, yeah. and such. And so I feel like while people are still sharing those things, I do feel like there is, um, through conversations like we're having right now, it's the reminder that that isn't what we compare ourselves to. That's what we can walk alongside someone and celebrate with them. Oh, they got a new car. That's something that we celebrate. We don't go, well, I don't have one. Like that's the moments people are putting on, on social media are the ones that they want to celebrate with us. I agree. And- I would say the challenge though, too, is that nobody wants to talk about the dark stuff right? Like they don't want to talk about the challenges in their relationship. They don't want to talk about how, you know, things aren't working. You know, there's a variety of reasons why relationships have challenges, right? Yes. yes. Some of them are, you know, drugs, alcohol, infidelity, different, you know, things like that, but everything can be overcome if people are willing. Now I'm not advocating those things in any way, shape or form, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's just be real. I, I mean, if let's you are just, in danger in a relationship, uh, yeah. if if you are chronically being abused in one way, you know, through verbal abuse, mental abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, th- that's not what we're talking about. This is more yeah. like how do we deal with apathy in a relationship? Right. How do we deal yeah. with when we've lost that true? realization of who the person is that we are with. And there's that little still small voice. I think that, that you do need that's still says yes to go to therapy. Like, I don't, I think people who are beyond wanting to go to therapy, it's going to be hard for them to pick up this book. So it's like, we need to hook them right before they get to that point. Right. And that's exactly what I'm hoping for. Right. Like that's my hope is that it will, if they get to that point and they're ready to walk, that they will pause. Yes. Right. Yeah. They will take a moment and say, okay, wait, let me just make sure I'm a hundred percent sure. Just like my counselor said that day, he goes, are you like done, done? Yes, exactly. And I paused and I was like, mm. I don't know. I don't think I'm, I'm done, done. Like my heart still wants to figure this out. My head is just saying, what the hell's the matter with you? Get the hell out. Right. Like, I, I mean, <laughs> I, it, it was this fight between, you know, my heart and my head. And, you know, I think that too, I think part of the, the challenge too, is that we all have this visual, like you were talking about the Hallmark channel and we all have this thing in our head where, you know, we think the butterflies are there forever. Right. And what I'm here to tell you is the butterflies come and go just like the seasons, but they come back. Butterflies come back every year. Right. And, you know, I, there's been times when I couldn't stand them. And then there's times when I look at them, I'm like, Oh my gosh, it still makes my heart go pitter patter. Right. Yeah. Like, (laughs) And many times the things that make your heart go pitter patter are not the big things. They're not the big things. They're they're like, oh my gosh, my husband just brought the garbage up. (laughs) 
you know? Right, right. Or he's bringing you the smoothie or the tea or the, but see you, what I love about this book, and and let's talk about, um, let's give a quick overview because of course I've seen it, I'm holding it. So I, I, I would love for you to explain like how you see people using it maybe like, you know, you, we, we know you want them to pause. Um, I think this is also just, this is a great gift for your friends who, you know, that they're going through a hard time. Cause I think we all have a very small, tight, intimate circle, maybe one, two or three friends that, that really know us. Yeah. Um, if we have one person who really knows us, we're very, very blessed, but, yeah. but there are, we usually have a, a, a community that, that knows we're in trouble. Like, this is a great book for those people. Like, I hope that it does get passed on, right? Yes. Like, I hope that people give it away as a gift. I mean, I think that the ultimate goal is for people to read it and use it. It is a workbook, right? So it yeah. does have literally a list of a hundred places that you can write what you love about yes. the person you love, right? And yes. we gave a lot of different little prompts, right? Like, yeah. like here's one of them that says, what things that have nothing to do with you do you love about your partner? Right. Mm -hmm. And we literally went through and tried to come up with different things that could help someone. Like here's another one that says, add the fun and wild things you love doing with your partner, include your indulgences, wickedness, signature moves, wild dreams, favorite body parts, and all their qualities you shouldn't brag about, but love to anyway. Right. (laughs) I love it. You know, it can be a personal book that you can give, you know, to your significant other, or you can get it and pass it on to somebody who's having those challenges. Yeah. Like I thought, okay, so, uh, well, definitely ordering an, a copy on Amazon for, for Andrew, Thank because you. I do, I love the idea of I'm going to fill this out for him and he's going to fill one out for me it was when we actually went through, it wasn't pre-marriage, but it was like, right after we got married, we went through one of those like marriage classes, right? Right. Like, okay, so you're married now, now what? Right. <laughs> and one of the, they did have us write a list of the things that we loved about each other. And we still have those lists. Like they're on the refrigerator kind of thing. Well, I did for one of my friends, uh, Scott and Liz, when they got married about six or seven years ago, before I actually had written the book. And I did one for my husband too. I went online on one of those websites where you can make a book, you know, like a little picture book. And I found a hundred different pictures of my husband and a me. And then I also did one for them. And then I put a blank space. That was my original idea for the book, but we couldn't figure out how to do that. So you can take and put a picture of you and then a blank spot where you can write what you love about them. Mm-hmm. And I did that for my husband, Joe, and then I did it for my friends, Scott and Liz. And they love it. I mean, they love, love it. So they had the original, I guess you could say. That's awesome. Um, but, you know, you could do something like that. But definitely, I encourage you, please, please, please write in it. Like, yeah. it, it, I, I mean, I know I get caught <laughs> up and I shouldn't write in books. But this is a book intended and designed and we yes. even thought about that with the paper to make sure that the paper was a kind of paper you could write on and not glossy or slicky. Right. Yes. Um, yes. I Marguerite's think- mentioning when we were in the green room, I was like, Oh, this book is so pretty. Like I it, it's, and it's just so delightful. Like, do I really want to, she was like, yes, write in it. Like yes. I, I was like, do I, maybe I'll just get a journal and write. No. That's the whole point, like right in it. It's the rose shaped candle, right? It's like, use it, use it for what it's intended. Um, Okay. So let's talk about the overview. So there are 16 different chapters, Mm -hmm. the moment expectations. What was I thinking? (laughs) 
these titles are so funny. (laughs) Change your perspective. What's more important? Do your eyes light up? The hardest words. It's not always personal. Fake it until you make it. Rules. Keep it fun. It's up to you. So is the flow that you want people to go in here and read a chapter at a time? Like, how do you imagine me using it? Well, to be honest with you, again, it's a short, small book, right? Yeah. And most people who've gotten it already said they read it in a couple hours, you know, depending on how quick you read. My friend Suzanne said she read all the way through it. And then she got up the next morning, read through it again. And then she started writing in it to give it to her husband as a gift. Right. So, you know, it's up to you, but you could do it. I encourage you to read through the whole thing before you maybe start writing in it. Because there's a lot of little stories and things that might, you know, spark something to write in it. But it doesn't matter. The, the, The goal is that I hope, again, it will inspire you to really look at your relationship and remember, like, I just feel like we need more love in the world right now. Right. And exactly. (laughs) And just take that time, you know, to go through it and write something because you'll definitely feel it in your heart. Mm. And I know that every time I look at it right now and every time I'm sending out a book, like I said, I literally have a stack sitting here. It just makes my heart like explode. Oh, and I, I love the little heart confetti. (laughs) It's super fun. That's why like order your copy now while Marguerite's sending them out because they're, she's sending them with extra love. Um, Okay. So, so where, what's the best place for people to buy the book today? They can definitely go on Amazon. They can go, I have a website, a hundred things I love about you.com. So they can go there and they can go to either one will take you to Amazon. So uh, either way they can go there and get the book. And right now I'm the one signing them and sending them all out. So uh, it'll be my little signature in there. So. Oh, I love that. I think that's so much fun. So I get the book. I'm on chapter seven about differences and I hit like a little bit of a wall and I've got a question. I mean, obviously you're not going to answer every question from every person who messages you, but if people want to stay in touch with you and maybe read more of your writings, maybe send you a question, where, where do they do that? Do they do that on the the site you just mentioned or like, where do you want them to connect with you? Yeah, they can definitely connect with me on social media. I'm, I mean, I'm on Facebook. They can message me on Facebook. Okay. Um, I'm on Instagram. They can message me there. Like I just had somebody uh, message me just here a little bit ago. And it was kind of interesting. I, they sent me a message. They said, um, they said, I'm sorry to bother you. I'm sure you're busy signing autographs. LOL. They saw me on good day this morning. Congratulations on your book. Definitely a must read. I do have a question. I'm in a 20 year relationship, 15 years married with my wife. God knows we've had our share of Rocky mountains and roads. I guess my question is, would this book be good for us? Mm. And I said, Absolutely. Like you're my target. Like you're yes. the person, right? Yes. Like whoever. Wow. I love yeah. that. See and right so, there. Oh. You know, I'm like, Hey, I'll get one out to you today. You know? So I would love to answer questions. I just want to preface it by saying I am not any kind of licensed marriage counselor or therapist, yeah. Yeah. right? Like yeah. a, this is personally my own experiences. This has been my life and my experience and sharing these experiences have helped lots of others, but I'm not like a, certified, licensed family marriage therapist. So right. just know yes. that if you're going to send me questions, <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to tell you how I live and I kind of have no filter. So I'm also somebody who's going to tell you like yeah. it is, right? I'm not here to like <laughs> sugarcoat anything or anything like that. I love it. Well, we'll make sure to drop all of the ways to connect with Marguerite in not only in the, the, the chat 
here on the live, but also in the show notes so that you can just zoom on over to the show notes, wherever you're listening to the podcast and click and connect with her. Okay. How do you feel about a little bit of rapid fire before we close up? Let's do it. Okay. So one of the things we love to talk about is success inside the fire community and what that means to you. So do you have a, a definition of what success means to you? You know, I had to think about this because this one was a tough one. This was one of the tough questions you sent me. And I said, um, I think that I feel the most successful, honestly, when I feel grateful, which sounds a little odd, Mm -hmm. but when I look around, like I had, we, we have lived in our home for 28 years and for 28 years, I've wanted to remodel my home and life happens. We had kids, market crash, you know, all those things didn't do it. The worst year ever last year, (laughs) we got to remodel our house, right? When prices were skyrocketing. And Saturday night, I had a anniversary party for some friends of mine. It was their 25th anniversary. And as everyone was walking through the house, they're saying, oh my gosh, your house is so beautiful, which is not something people normally said because my house was falling apart before. And I just saw all these people in my house enjoying their time and and celebrating and having fun. We actually put a stage in the man cave for my husband so he could do his comedy and karaoke because he loves to entertain. Yeah. <laughs> I felt so grateful. Like my heart felt, I felt at that point, I felt like, okay, this is success. Yes. I have this arrived. Is, I've <laughs> arrived. This is it. Everyone's having a great time. Everyone loves being here. I, I mean, it was just like such joy. So to me, when you're feeling like you are really in your space that you're supposed to be, you're following your heart and your passion. That to me is success. That's so beautiful. Okay. So what, um, the next question that I had asked you is what three words describe you. And I, I know that you had a little, a little bit of pause with this one. So I really did. And, and I had to kind of, I, I really had to think about it because I think, as I mentioned to you that, you know, I come from an older generation where when you say things about yourself, you're bragging, right? And my grandmother used to say, who do you think you are? Fancy pants, you know, like, who do you think you are? <laughs> Fancy right? pants. Yeah. And, and so to, to describe myself, I was, I was torn between being humble and being, is it egotistical? Is it, you know, what are all those things? But my good friend, Randy said his three words were power, grace, and kindness. Hmm. And I think that those are good words to describe me because I do believe I'm powerful. I do believe I'm a strong woman and I want to believe that I have grace and my goal every day is to be kind. Um, so those are the three words that I love it. And I love that they were inspired by someone who sees you. Yes. Right. Cause it isn't always easy to see ourselves for, for who we are. So that's beautiful. Yeah. Um, how about the best advice you've ever received? You know, and it literally has been on my Facebook since I opened Facebook, however many years it's been around, is that work on you and everything else will come together. Mm, And I truly believe that that. if you take the time to work on you, whatever that looks like for you, whether that's health and fitness, whether that's, you know, interpersonal work, whatever that is, I can promise you that when you work on you, things start to come together. Mm. When you ignore you and you don't take care of you and you put yourself last on the list, life is chaos. Yeah. And so if you can take that time to work on you, the rest of your life will come together. Mm, That's so beautiful. Okay. Let's see. Let's see. Next one. How about this? What is one thing people would be surprised to know about you? 
well, this is kind of, I'll try to keep it super short, but I was actually a surrogate mom for my very best friend, Kathy. Um, and it's, wow. Wow. Yeah. I don't know if we have time to tell it. Talk about love. It's love. And we had been best friends since we were 14 years old and she had a lot of challenges with fertility. And, um, it's kind of a crazy story when they were, she was unable to have children, but she was able to supposed to be able to carry children. So she ended up losing her eggs because she had kidney cancer when she was a newborn. And so her eggs were, her fallopian tubes were damaged. Mm. So her sister donated the eggs and it was her husband's sperm and they got eight embryos. They put four embryos in her. She carried the baby to five months and lost it. Oh. And heartbroken, of course, then they tried again um, with three of the eggs and those three did not take. Uh-huh. So they had one egg that was frozen for eight years, seven or eight years, a long time it was frozen. And I always told her, I used to make jokes about it. Oh, when I'm done having my kids, I'll carry a baby for you. And, but, you know, never really thought it would happen. I mean, you just stuff you throw out there. Well, when my son passed away in 1999, she said, Hey, I'm guessing that now you're not going to be comfortable doing it. And I said, no, actually, I think it might be healing for me. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm, I'm willing to try it. So there'd been one egg frozen for all those years mm-hmm. and they implanted the egg and it took. Mm-hmm. And so Dylan is now uh, turning 21 this week. He'll be Wow. Wow. Sunday is his birthday. He'll be turning 21. He's an extraordinary young man and is such a blessing. We get to say I was his easy bake oven, right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sweet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we all have a variety of mothers in our lives. And what a a cool bond that that created not only for for you and your bestie, right? Just wow. I mean, what a, what a beautiful divine gift you, you gave her, but also with the baby. I mean, how cool is that? Like you sure it was a one-time deal. I go, I'm not doing that again. It's one and done. That's too funny. (laughs) All right. So last one is what does moxie mean to you? Oh my goodness. So that one to me, I I've always loved that word since you took that word on years ago when, when you started your show Um, to me, it means really kind of like drive sass and energy, right? Like all of those words kind of like, I think that somebody who has moxie is somebody who's driven and motivated to, to, you know, make some changes in the world. I believe. Um, I also just believe it's somebody. So my stepdaughter, Jessica, who's the oldest, her nickname is sassy. Mm. So I always think of her as just kind of sassy, like somebody who just has their own way about who they are. And I definitely (laughs) think the word energy comes into it because it's an energy that walks into the room, right? Like I remember, I think it was Oprah that said, be responsible for the energy you bring to a room. And I've never forgotten that. Like it's my responsibility to bring energy to a room. And I think that when you use the word moxie, that all of that is tied up in it. Yeah. And you know, what's, what's really fun is over the years asking this question, is watching the body language, not only listening to the words you're saying, but also like, there's this kind of like body roll that usually happens when people <laughs> talk about it. It's like, totally did it. it's like you're revving up for something. It is that energy that it brings. And that's, you know, that's the importance of, of our words, right? The power of our words. And, and so, so to bring it back around, please order yourself a copy, order yourself 10 copies, give this to your, your friends for Valentine's day is coming up. Galentine's day, you know, we're in the month of love. So as you're getting together, having coffees and tea, you know, it's the sweetest 
I mean, I'm telling you when you touch it, it, it you want to pet the outside. <laughs> it has the best texture on the outside. And, and even the, the quotes and such that are in here, look at this Dr. Seuss quote. I mean, seriously, look at this eye. Oh, it's you just want to, to hold this book. So give yourself the gift, order a copy for yourself, order a copy for your lover, get some for your friends. And of course, order them stats so that Marguerite's the one still sending them out so that you get her, her loving energy on it before mm-hmm. Amazon takes over your empire of sending things out. <laughs> um, before we close the show, and again, let me just remind everybody, all of the links to all of these things will be in the show notes. You will lack for nothing when it comes to that. Um, last words of advice that you want to sprinkle over the community, Marguerite. You know, I just think the the best advice that I can always give again is number one in the current world, like be kind and Mm. just cheers to love, like, you know, love on everybody that is around you in any way that you can and Mm. remind them that they are loved because I think so many people don't might not know that. And you don't want to wait until it's too late. Like remind people how important they are to you and what they mean to you in your life. And if you just did that a little bit every day, we can change the world. Mm, I love that. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you so much for joining me again. For those of you who maybe missed the intro, we are talking to Marguerite Crispella today, mama, wife, speaker, trainer, coach, author, podcaster, lover of life, and so much more. Uh, top 1% of realtors nationwide, and now an accomplished author with a book that is going to be life-changing, love-enhancing for all of us. Um, Have a wonderful weekend, everyone. Happy Valentine's Day for those of you who celebrate it. Of course, the 11th, you know, in my house, we celebrate every 11th like it's love day. So it, it being the 11th today, the day we're airing this, We've definitely got some fun love plans tonight. And one of them will be talking about the book. So uh, until we see you on the next Moxie Chat, bye everyone. Thanks again, Marguerite. It's been so great to have a conversation with you. Have a great weekend. Bye. Thank you for joining me today for a divine dose of truth wrapped in grace with sides of sass, moxie, and fire. Want more information on what we talked about today? You'll find the show notes and links over on my website, debratrabin.com. Search the podcast title and voila! If you enjoyed the show today, please hit subscribe, click those stars to rate me, and leave a review. Oh, and don't keep the show a secret. Pretty please, share it with your friends too, okay? Lioness, I am praying you enjoy living your best life out loud, on purpose, and on your own terms. As always, keep your eyes open for moments you can engage, elevate, and empower your world.